All right. Praise the Lord, brothers and sisters. We thank God for his goodness and for his mercy. We thank him for every opportunity that he affords us to uh, get into his word and learn about uh, what he has for us to live off of and what he has for us to do. So it's always just a wonderful thing. Brothers and sisters, we are back again. We're picking up in our study of the um, of knowing our enemy uh, and understanding accountability. We've had four lessons so far. This is the fifth um Lord willing, this actually will be the last uh, lesson in this uh, series. And in this series, we've been talking about a lot of good stuff, a lot of good information for us um, that we've and we've been receiving that information and learning a lot about um, uh, accountability and learning about uh, the, the, the enemy and his kingdom, because we need to know those things. We need to understand um, those things we used as a background or a springboard the scripture set of second chronicles chapter 12 verses 1 uh, and 2 and then verses 5 and 8 amen uh, when we started this series again we started out actually uh, on the topic of accountability and then from there um, the lessons that followed really kind of started to dig into knowing our enemy and the reason why we took that approach um, is is because when we look at our scripture set um, and in particular, Second Chronicles chapter twelve, verses five uh, and uh, five through eight, um, the Bible says that then came Shemaiah the prophet to Rehoboam uh, and to the princes of Judah that were gathered together to Jerusalem because of Shishak, and said unto them, Thus saith the Lord, Ye have forsaken me, and therefore have I also left you in the hand of Shishak. Okay. Now, if you read on, the story goes on to tell, you go on to see that God says, I'm going to grant you some deliverance. And then you also see um, that the reason why he did that is so that they would know, um, you know, the difference, what it means to serve God and uh, versus what it is to serve the world. Okay. Many people make the mistake, tragic mistake of thinking that they can do uh, and live any kind of way or live according to the pattern, the methods of the world. And that's going to fly with God. Well, that is not the case. It will not fly with God. You can't live um, um, worldly and, and think that you're going to get heaven. That won't happen. Okay. You cannot love this world. You have to choose. All right. And so, and, and so be, because uh, of this, that verse five um, and that B portion says, thus saith the Lord, yeah, forsaken me. And therefore have I also left you in the hand of Shishak. Now we've taken that scripture and that's taken us on the journey that's really propelled us into our topic of um, knowing and understanding the, the enemy. So we already talked about accountability. And in that scripture set, you do see accountability because um, prior to that, we find out that the children of Israel, well, what did they do? They transgressed um, against the Lord. Okay. That, that, that's what they, that's what they did. They forsook the law of the Lord. Okay. Which mean it didn't mean that they didn't believe in the law. Okay. It didn't mean that they didn't believe in God. That simply meant that they just stopped doing 
what God said do. They were going to do things their own way. And so they gathered their own strength. And when they thought that they were strong enough, when they thought that they were established enough, the word of God tells us that they forsook the law of the Lord. Thus, in essence, they stopped doing what the word of God says. They didn't throw out the law. They just decided they wasn't doing it. They, 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 they had it all together. And that was a problem. And we learned that 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 was what was a problem because the way God saw that was he looked at it as um as uh, um as them having transgressed or tra transgression means to break the law okay he looked at it as transgression of his law all right now um and it's not until you get to verse five that you see how God the depth of how God felt about it the Lord said in that B portion thus saith the Lord ye have forsaken me which means you've abandoned me God says, you, you, you know, when you decided that you were not going to do what I had commanded you to do, you may have kept the word, you may have kept the scriptures, you may have kept all those things. But when you decided that you were no longer going to do what I said, do you, 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 you did a little bit more than just transgress. You abandoned me. That's what that means when he says, you yeah, have forsaken me. It means you left me by the side of the road. You decided that, you know what, you got it from here. So you left me standing and you went on ahead. That's what that means. Okay. So, and God had a problem with that, but he told him that because of that, because you did that, I've also left you in the hand of Shishak, not the hands, plural, but the hand singular. Okay. He left him in the hand, meaning that Shishak was going to have the ability to antagonize and God was going to use them to chastise. He wasn't, they, he didn't, he was, the enemy wasn't going to have full control over them that's what if he was in their hands would have represented but instead he was in left they were left in his hand okay so and he says because of all of this that's what you're that's what's going to happen now at the end of that verse um at the end of the of verses set going to verse number eight he's you know um you know, is, is that he says, nevertheless, they shall be his servants. Okay. So in other words, they, they, they eventually repented. They eventually got it together, but the consequences, and this is where the accountability part came in. The consequences didn't just go away because they got it right. When, and we learned that you, you can sin in such a way that, um, that, 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 that the mistakes you make while you are sinning or while you are back in a backslidden state, you can create, you can commit acts in a backslidden state where the repercussions of that are far reaching. So long after you repent of your sins and you come to God and you come to your senses and, 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 and God forgives you as he did with them, that doesn't mean that the, the, the repercussions of the sin that you committed while you were backslidden is going to be mitigated or that you're not going to have to deal with it. No, it doesn't mean that. And that's exactly what happened with, with, with them. Nevertheless, verse five told us, thus said the Lord, you have forsaken me. Therefore I have, I also left you in the hand of Shishak. So from this being left in the hand of Shishak, meaning in the hand of the enemies, what that really represents, that's where we get our topic of spring that we've springboard into um, that of knowing the enemy. Because what we said, uh, family, is that when you leave, whether you want this to, whether you agree with this or not, or whether you realize it or not, but when you leave the hand of God, the hands of God, 
meaning that you are no longer following the word of God. Okay. You're not following the word of God. When you jump out of the hands of God, you land in the hand of the enemy. Okay. And what we're doing here is that we're exposing what the hand of the enemy actually is. All right. And when we talk about exposing what the hand of the enemy is, we are talking about none other than Satan and his kingdom. So these last lessons dealt with that. And we talked about um, Satan's kingdom over the over the course of the last um, of the last few lessons. OK, we, 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 we talked about um, all of these different things different things because we learned that that the message of this world okay we learned that the messages or the undercurrent of the messages of the world is really a doctrine of i me and mine in other words pride and lust okay that's at the end of the day the world teaches you stuff like it's all about you, make your mark, do your thing, and all other sorts of things, and 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 you do what's right for you. All, all of that is th those are subtle lies told by the devil. They're part of the devil's doctrine. Doctrine means teaching. Okay, they're part of his teachings of self-reliance, social indifference, and natural and divine independence. And if you take all three of those things together, all that means is I, me, and my. That is the message that the devil teaches, I, me, and my, okay? Now, we learned a lot about um, Satan's kingdom, and we learned that um, the demonic realm um, is its own kingdom in and of itself, okay? And that Satan is its leader. Okay, so the demonic realm is its own kingdom. We learned that. And Satan is its leader. We learned about the character of Satan. Okay, we learned that his character is fallen. We learned that Satan is a liar, all of these different things. Um, um, we, 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 we learned that he operates, um, um, he has a predator mentality, a, a beast mentality, a wild mentality we learned all of that and 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 he carries on in that fashion okay so we learned that in that demonic kingdom okay the the structure the three-tier structure um of that kingdom um consists of satan okay we learned we learned that okay that 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 it that that satan is the leader of that kingdom we learned also that although he is the uh the leader of that kingdom he's not in that kingdom by himself no he's not in a kingdom by himself there are other angels that are fallen as well these demons or these uh which are or unclean spirits we refer to them as uh, as demons they are also a second tier within the structure of satan's kingdom so you got you've got satan okay he's the he's the leader then you've got demons you've got the or these fallen angels or unclean spirits these uh, these, this tier, okay, these individuals, they make up or take up the, the kind of the, the taskmaster, the enforcer, the enslaver, the, uh, or the sub leadership 
positions within the kingdom. Okay. That's what we do. And we talked about, um, um, demons. We, we really, we, we took a deep dive into that and learned what they are, what they do, what they are, what they are capable of. We got into all of those sorts of things. Um, uh, we also took a look at, um, Habakkuk chapter one verses, uh, six through 11, um, because, uh, it gives an example when we look at the Chaldeans who were the Babylonians who, um, God allowed to, um, to bring the children of Judah, the second kingdom or the, the, um, the Southern kingdom of the 12 tribes. Once they split into captivity, Babylon, uh, the Babylonians took them into captivity. Well, in Habakkuk chapter one, verses six through 11, we said that that's actually very good to, to look at because when you look at the Chaldeans and you look at the um, the Assyrians, they were the ones who enslaved the Northern kingdom prior to the Southern kingdom or prior to the Chaldeans, it was the Assyrians. When you look at these, these two uh, oppressors or antagonists to God's people, their characteristics when they is described in the scripture is very reminiscent of that of the way and the methodology of unclean spirits. So you, when you get some time, I want you to take a look at um, Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter one, verses six through 11, because you'll see a lot of parallels in the way the Babylonians operated. You see that that's a lot of that is in the mentality or in the operation or the way that unclean spirits operate, okay? You see some similarities uh, in there, okay? Um, we also learned that there was a third tier. So after Satan and after the demons or fallen angels, unclean spirits, all that stuff, there's a third tier. And the third tier that makes up the kingdom is that of its citizenship or the citizens of that kingdom who resides in that kingdom. Okay. Who are the people that are being lorded over? Who are the people that are being governed? Okay. Who are the citizens of this kingdom? Okay. Because, be, because they are also part of that kingdom. And we learned that fallen humanity makes up the citizenship and the slave labor force by which the will of Satan is manifested and carried out in the world we live in, okay? Fallen humanity. When we say fallen humanity, we are talking about mankind that has not been regenerated. That means you have not repented of your sins. That means you have not been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, for, and that means that you have not been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Okay. You have not, you've not received all that according to the Bible. Okay. Now I'm not talking about you who think that you've received it. I'm talking, no, no, no. You, the, those who think you received it, that, 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 that doesn't matter. You've got to receive it according to the word. Okay. If you have not received it, according to the scripture, you have not received it. Okay. Amen. Amen. So those who have gotten it according to the scripture, and if you're wondering about that, all you need to do is read Acts chapter two, verses 38, start at verse 36 and read it all the way through. And you will learn what you must do in order to receive salvation or to be regenerated. Amen. Okay. You're going to see the whole gambit from repentance all the way to being filled with the Holy Ghost and knowing that you're filled with the Holy Ghost. Why? Because you got a proof of receipt. You speak in other tongues as the spirit of the Lord gives utterance. So you get it all. It's all right there. Acts 2, 36, through all the way through lines it out and your salvation experience lines up to that. So you can say without doubt, without fear, 
I have been redeemed. Now, those who have been redeemed are not part of the devil's kingdom, okay? But anybody who has not done what the word of God has told us to do in order to be saved, they are who we refer to as fallen humanity. And, it, and it's these individuals whom we were once a part of, okay? So let's not go judging them, but because we were once a part of, these individuals make up the citizenship of his kingdom. They are the slave labor force, just as we were part of the slave labor force. We were slaves in his kingdom, okay? And, 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 and the will of Satan was manifested. It was carried out in this world through us. Why? Because we, we operated and carried on just like the devil. We, we propagated his, his foolishness and his message and, you know, the way of the message of the world. And so he operated. He, so, and, and in that way, he operated through us. He had a platform to operate through us. Okay. So fallen humanity don't, so don't makes up the third tier. So now we, we have those, those tiers. We learned also how Satan gets his citizens. Okay. We learned that, that the way, you know, that, that we talked about how Satan, not only how he gets his citizens, Okay, but we also learned how he's able to do so without people realizing it. Okay, and what we learned is 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 that Satan is referred to as a dragon, and the Bible teaches that the tail of the dragon, because a dragon has a tail, the tail of a dragon, Scripture refers to as the false prophet that teaches lies. And Satan is a liar. He is a false prophet. And then the people who work for him and unclean spirit, they, they teach and, pro and propagate those same lies. They are all false prophets. Okay. Amen. I'm going around sharing and those, those, those lies. Okay. Amen. Now these the power that Satan, Satan operates through the power of his voice. He is fallen. His nature is fallen and it is corrupt. And he speaks out of his corrupt nature. And because he speaks out of his corrupt nature, and you'll need to review the last week's, le the last lesson in this series to understand how uh, in depth, how, what, what that actually means, because we talked about it then. But because he speaks out of his corrupt nature, everything that comes out is lies. And this is how the Lord could tell us that he is the father of lies. Because his, his wisdom, the word teaches us, was corrupted by reason of his beauty. He started to see himself, got caught up in himself, and his wisdom, meaning what he knew, the truth that he was given, got distorted. And so now, because it's distorted, he speaks out of that, so he lies. Okay, his voice and his voice when it is communicated, those who communicate his voice are false prophets. That's him, and that's the people and the folks that he speaks through. And no, you don't have to be like Hollywood speaking in some dark, twisted, demonic voice or whatever else it is, all something weird and all that other kind of stuff. You know, it ain't just all that. It ain't just all that kind of stuff. No, 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 no. It's as simple as of propagating and speaking the language of the 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 message of the world, teaching the simple message 
of I, me, and my, even just that alone to do it. That alone is the devil's message. <laughs> that alone, pride and lust and all of that kind of stuff. That's the devil's message. That's the devil's message. So no, you don't get off the hook because you ain't you because the devil haven't gotten you in some total uh, state state of possession and and he just speaking and you got all the voices of unclean spirit. No, it ain't always like that. It ain't always like that. You need to understand something. The devil don't have to always straight out possess somebody in order to speak through somebody. All he got to do is get you to buy into the lies or, that he tells and convince you to speak and repeat what he says. And as soon as you start speaking what the devil says, speaking the same message, Though you are speaking it of your own volition, meaning that you ain't it, it ain't all out just possession. But as soon as you start speaking it of your own volition, you speaking the devil's lies. You walking in the path of the false prophet. Amen. Amen. The, the Satan is we learned that Satan is referred to as as a dragon. A dragon has a tail, and the Bible teaches. Amen. The Bible teaches very plainly that the tail is the false prophet. Amen. That's Isaiah 9.15. You can see that for yourself. Isaiah 9.15 to show you that the prophet that teaches lies, he is the tail. Remember, it was with his tail that he drew a third of the stars of heaven. The stars of heaven represent angels. So these are the fallen angels that fell with Satan. He used his tail. What does that mean? He used, uh, he used his voice. He seduced them with lies, tricked them, and they became corrupt. They bought into the message, and all of them got exiled. You see that? Amen. 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 So we learned about all of that. And then we asked the question, well, how is he even able to do all that? And we learned that it's because Satan can transform. 2 Corinthians 11, 13 through 15 tells, makes it very plain that Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light and his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness. So that means the devil transformed and then people uh, uh, and unclean spirits who work for the devil, they transform as well. Now, a human being who would be transforming, that would be a person who, who, who appears to be somebody who they're not. They act like they're your friend. They act like they this and that. They act like they have your best interest and all that other kind of stuff. All the while, no, 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 no. There's evil abounds. You understand? Amen. All of that, they can transform. And so that's how, that's how he does that. Okay. And we learned that, um, that in the, as the Bible refers to the book of Jasher, um, chapter 23 and verses 25 through 33 for those who have access to that you can read about an account uh in addition to that it's in addition to second corinthians 11 13 to 15 that talks about satan's ability to transform and in jasher 23 25 through 33 you will actually see an account of how he tried to of him transforming and how he tried to trick abraham um, and isaac when abraham was on his way to obey god to sacrifice isaac how satan tried to stop all that and that's further proof of how satan operates he can transform and that's how he gains his citizenship now so we talked about the structure of satan's kingdom okay um the three tiers of his structure so him as the leader 
You got the uh, fallen angels, unclean spirits, the de those, those demons as they are called. Okay, they make up that second tier. They're the they're the taskmasters and all that other kind of stuff. And we learned about them, and then we also learned about the third tier, the citizens, and that's the people. That's 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 the human beings who have not been saved. Well, in addition to that, Satan's kingdom has a government structure of its own. Now, I've told given you the the physical structure, so to speak, or you know, or as you know, for lack of a better way, because this is all. Um, um, pretty much in the spirit for the most, uh, we're talking about um, spiritual things that cannot be seen with the naked eye. Um, the only part of it that of the, the only tier of Satan's kingdom that can be seen with the naked eye is that of the third tier, which is the people. Okay. Us human beings who are in league with that, that, that that's the part that of the structure, two of the, those pillars of his structure are invisible, Satan mm -hmm, and unclean spirits. All right. Or these fallen angels. But then you have that visible part and that component is humanity that is in league with the enemy. Now, when we talk about that, in addition to that, that's the physical structure or the three tier structure. But what we also need to then understand is the government structure. OK, we know who's in the kingdom, but now how does the kingdom run? OK, that this knowledge, we didn't always know this knowledge, but 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 God shared this knowledge with us through the Apostle Paul. Okay. And that's what he was doing when he was talking to us in Ephesians chapter 6, 11 through 12. The Bible says this, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now you need to understand it's very important because this government also reconfirms the three-tier structure that we talked about, okay? Watch how we go from here. The structure, government structure of, of Satan's kingdom, when you start talking about principalities, powers, and rulers, now you're talking about government structures, okay? Now you're talking about, you're, you're not talking about just the individual players in the kingdom such as Satan, demons, and fallen humanity. You're not talking about just the players in the, in, the, in the kingdom. Now you're talking about how the kingdom plays. Now you're talking about how the kingdom is run, the government structure, okay? Principality simply is a, it simply means ruler, okay? And, but it means it in the supernatural sense, okay? So any super, so a principality would be any supernatural being beside God, besides God. I don't mean beside God because God, there's nobody beside God at all. But I mean that any other supernatural being outside of God acting in a ruling or commanding capacity. So that would be Satan, okay? Okay, that would be, that, that would be, um, that would be Satan and that would be, um, unclean spirits that would be those uh, fallen angels when you start dealing with with principalities okay remember for we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities plural so it's not just satan it's it's more than just satan okay and and principalities mean a supernatural ruler that's what a principality is talking about in this text a supernatural ruler besides god so a supernatural being who is not God. And the only other supernatural being, the only other super in the supernatural beings 
that are not God would be angels. You get what I'm saying? Now, since the angels that work for God know their place and would never step out of line, then what you're actually talking about are the fallen angels. So you are talking about Satan and his crew. Okay, that's your principalities. Now you got the word powers. Powers also, check this out, means ruler. Okay, but it means it in a different sense. It means the authority. So when you talk about powers, it's talking about the authority. It's talking about the authority of, or, or it's talking about the a person who exercises administrative control over others. Okay. So the principalities, you're talking about Satan and the other unclean angels, okay, or fallen angels. But when you talk about powers, now you're talking about the people, the third tier, the citizenship, okay? You're talking about the third tier or the citizenship of the devil's kingdom, who exercise administrative control over others, okay? So these would be your fifth, these would be the, the, the kings and the presidents and the government and all of these different things in which Satan has influence over. Okay. These would be those who are in the actual leadership positions who are under the influence of Satan in the world that you know today. Those are the powers. That's who they are. Okay. They are the ungenerated man who are in the actual government or leadership positions who are under the influence of Satan's sway. That's the powers, okay? Then you got rulers. And rulers, when you break this down, actually means world influence, okay? So it is any influential governing authority over the inhabited world understood in terms of physical control okay now what is what are you talking about the rulers are the actual systems in place do you understand what i'm saying principalities are the spirits the unclean spirits the fallen spirits. Powers are the people that these spirits influence and work through. Okay? The rulers are the systems that these unclean spirits have put in place. The structures, all, whatever it is, the world influence. In other words, it, it, the way of the world is what it is the way the world operates, which is fallen. That's the rulers. Whether they be companies, whether they, be, it could be anything. They are the systems, they are the institutions that are run by those who are influenced by the devil's propaganda. They may not necessarily be the ones who are in the government positions. But these could be the ones who are in the everyday positions. 
So these could be at your at your job and 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 at the 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 the, the whatever center you may go to and and all kinds of different things. Do you understand that? Good. I hope you understand it because we're building on that. Okay. And so the word says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of darkness in of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now, in addition to all of those, to those things, principalities, powers, and rulers, then you also got wickedness. Wickedness, spiritual wickedness in high places. And wickedness here simply means depravity or it means perversion. And so it is the perverting of virtue or moral principles from their original purpose, a good purpose, intended purpose, to that of an evil purpose. That's what it means to, 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 to be depraved, to be perverse. That's what it means. That, that's, that's what it means to pervert, pervert something. The good intent, the wholesome intent, the right intent that a thing was actually intended for has become distorted. It has become perverted and is now being used for something it was never intended to and to be used for. And so what he's telling you is, is, is that not only are we wrestling against these principalities, against these powers, against these rulers of this world, but we're fighting against wickedness in high places. We are fighting against perversion. that is in these places. Places of authority, high and lofty positions. Places of platforms of influence. He says there's wickedness in these places. There's perversion in these places. And you are fighting, I am fighting against the perversion that is coming out of these places. Now, the word he said, not only that, he says, so that's wickedness. But then he tells us where we're fighting the, against the wicked, where the wicked, wickedness is, where this, where this depravity is. Because this is very interesting. Because principalities, powers, and rulers that's really dealing with that. That's dealing with the, when we think about all that, that's really dealing with the world. That's dealing with all of that. Satan and, 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 and his crew. And then we got those who are in the, in the top leadership positions and all that kind of stuff. The world, the governments, the, the countries and all kinds of stuff. Those that are influenced by the enemy and don't even realize it. Some of them do, but not all of them do. And, and then you got the rulers. These are just the everyday institutions and, and, and th that run the country and all that kind of stuff. You could be your companies, could be businesses, could be um, um, groups, could be, it doesn't matter what it is. The things that the world does. All of these things are platforms by which Satan manipulates and tries to put out his propaganda, the message and the lies meant to destroy men. Why? Because he himself is going to be destroyed. So he wants everybody he can to go with him. But in addition to that, we fight against spiritual wickedness, depravity, 
stuff that's perverted, stuff that's wicked and that's wrong. And we fight against it in high places. Now, high places is what we have traditionally not necessarily paid that much attention to, but we need to because it adds another dimension. A high place by definition is, um, um, is for the obvious a place of that is high in elevation. So it's not called high place for nothing because it, it, you don't call it a high. It's not called high place because it isn't high. In the traditional sense, a high place is is a physically and was a physically physically high location. Okay, and but it was often a symbol of power and authority. So it was a high. It was a, a place that was was at a higher elevation. But it was often a symbol, that higher elevation was often a symbol of power and authority, okay? So men often considered the high places, which were places to worship, by the way, because you didn't put that together. High places um, were often considered by them to be a place where, 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 where the divine could interact with mankind. So it was a place of divine, where there was a measure of divine power that could be found, okay? And in the ancient world, the high place, also, also referred to as the heights, were they were a view, they were viewed by the people as the abodes or home of the gods in some cultures. So there are many cultures that that's what that the high place, they felt that not only was God there, that but 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 you could feel or interact with God if you went to these high places, okay? Now, high places were, in essence, when we start putting this into context of scripture, high places were unauthorized places of worship, okay? High places or these unauthorized places of worship were, in essence, the attempt of mankind, if you think about it, to make the mortal, we who are lower, superior to he alone, the almighty, who is the highest. The creation of a high place was really man's attempt to define to defy and to dictate to God. That's really what it was all about. And it's why God hated so much. It's why God hated, God hated. See, a high place, the construction of a high place, men's valuing of a high place, the fact that they would go to these unauthorized places of worship. A high place represented man saying God is who we say he is. It was man saying God is whatever we want him to be because often they come up with some of the most ridiculous images and statues to worship. High places where men saying God lives where we place him. And a high place was man saying that God can be removed or replaced whenever we want to. That's why God hated. That's why God hated. A high place 
was man saying, was the attempt of man to say to God, God is who we say he is. God is whatever we want him to be. God lives wherever we place him and God can be removed and replaced whenever we want to. And I told you, the creation of a high place is man attempting to define, defy, and dictate to God. Look at Matthew chapter five. Amen. Matthew chapter five, verses 34 and 35. But I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Glory to God. But I say unto you, swear not at all, neither by heaven, for it is God's throne. God dwells. God lives in heaven. It's rep it, that, that's his home. That's what it, 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 and that's what scripture teaches. God is everywhere. But when we talk about the, the, the home of God, the abode of God, Heaven is described as being that abode. And so God says, don't swear by it because he lives there. Psalms 113, 4 and 5 says this, the Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Who is like unto the God, the Lord, our God, who dwelleth on high. So he says, don't swear by it. He said, don't swear by heaven. And for it is God's throne. In other words, he's saying, I live there. Don't, don't, don't swear by that because I live there. Then he says, nor by earth, for it is his footstool. God says, don't swear by the place that I operate. And see, and these are the things that men were doing when you started operating with these high places. Man tried to be in control. God says, nor by the earth, for it is his footstool. God operates in the earth. God says, that's my backyard. God says, I operate there. Don't you swear by it because I, I, that, that's where I do my work. And you don't run anything. I run it. Psalm 24, one through three says this, the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein, for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the floods. Who shall ascend into the heel of the Lord or who shall stand in his holy place? So he says, don't even, don't even swear by the earth. Don't even try. He said, don't swear by heaven. That's where I live. Don't swear by earth. That's where I go to work. That's where I, that's where I operate. And he says, neither by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. Jerusalem represented, watch this, the sanctuary or the temple of God. Thus, his name was there. So he says, I don't want you swearing by Jerusalem because you're swearing by my temple in essence you are swearing by my name where my name resides god said uh, uh no 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 look at deuteronomy chapter 12 verse 5 says this but unto the place which the lord your god shall choose out of all your tribes to put his name there even unto his habitation shall ye seek and thither thou shalt come 
said, my house is where I put my name, not where you decide I live, not where you try to dictate that I can go. You, you, uh, you don't replace me. You don't dictate to me. You don't tell me what to do. He is God and God alone. And he said, my temple is not your high place. My temple is where I put my name. Glory to God. Glory to God. I hope you get that. I hope you get that. Hope you get that. See, generally the Bible condemns, now for the most, generally the Bible condemns the use of high places. It, 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 it condemns them as idolatrous. It condemns them as idolatrous because the use of them is usually a rejection of Yahweh, of God Almighty. That's why he, he, that is, it, 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 it God has a problem with that. The increasing use of high places rather than the temple is presented as a direct cause of the exile by the prophets. And they were used for the worship of Canaanite deities. Okay. The more common use, at least during the time of the Israelites, when they were in control, when they were really dominant, was to use high places for the worship of Yahweh while continuing Canaanite practices. Now we talk about, this is why God rejects, would reject, generally, generally reject the, the, the use of high places, okay? Because using it instead of the temple really kind of got big as a direct result of the exile, okay? And they were primarily used for Canaanite, for the worship of Canaanite deities. And the more common use, the reason why God have a problem with it was because during the times of the Israelites, when they were in control, okay, when they were, were, were you know, were, were the baddest ones on the block, so to speak, the more common use or the, the way they tended to use the high places was for the worship of Yahweh. But the problem was, was that they blended it also and used it for not only worshiping Yahweh, but doing so while they continued the Canaanite practices, which were frowned upon by God. And so after the temple was built, they continued to use the high places And it was seen as a deliberate affront to Yahweh or to God Almighty. And it was seen as a rejection of God. Go back to Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 5. But unto the place which the Lord your God shall choose. Remember, God chooses the place. He says, out of all your tribes to put his name there. So the place where God puts his and chooses to put his name, not where you choose, and the high place was chosen by man. God says, no, 
He says the place where God shall choose out of all the tribes to place his name there. He says, even unto his habitation shall ye seek, and thither shalt thou come. So in other words, what he's saying is, is he didn't authorize no high place. God says, you go. If you're going to go somewhere, God says, you go to where I, where he alone selected to put his name. Okay? That, that's what he's saying. In fact, Solomon's uh, problems, his turning away from God, is really is 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 when we go back is 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 really the backdrop of our text because our text finds its climax in the setting up of a high place for Chemosh and for Molech. These are false deities, and it contrasts with the beginning of the career, so to speak, of Rehoboam. Okay, that's the backdrop because Solomon was his father. Okay, and when Solomon turned away from God, he began to appease and try to please all of these wives that he had hooked up with that the Lord told him not to do. And they brought with them all of these false gods, all of these different things. And with these false gods came these different high places to these gods. And so Rehoboam comes on the scene. during all of this and with all of this going on, okay? Now, I want you to understand, if you go back, if we go back, we said wickedness, power, we said principalities, powers, rulers, wickedness, so that's the depravity. Watch this. That perverting of virtue and moral principles, and, I, and, watch, and remember all of that, he says, principalities, powers, and rulers. So we're dealing with the world. Now watch how this God changed. God, God has given insight because he says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Now watch this. You need to understand because now that you know what the high places are represented, Okay, the high place represented unauthorized places of worship. In other words, those places where God does not reside, yet people go in order to worship God. Now that you need to understand the, the impact of that, the implication of that. Because what he's telling you. is that the high places represent or, or let me say it this way, are representative of many of the so-called churches that we have today. Places of unauthorized worship. I'm, I'm, trying, I'm, try, I'm trying to tell you. Trying to, trying to tell you, go back to it, go back to it. 
For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, against the principalities, against the powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness or depravity or perversion in high places. That means places of unauthorized worship. So he, in essence, he was telling you, you fighting against, listen, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we are fighting against principalities. We are fighting, listen, we are fighting against the, we are fighting against the unclean spirits, those fallen spirits. We are fighting against the government structures, the, um, the, 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 um, the, the, the government players that are influenced by these unclean spirits. You are fighting against the everyday systems that are in this world that are influenced by the church, by the, excuse, by the, by by, by by these unclean spirits, and you are also fighting against those churches that are so-called churches, but the spirit of the Lord is not there. That's what he's talking about. You fighting against this spiritual warfare is being waged in this world, and it's being waged in the church. And a lot of people didn't know that, but that's what it is. That's what it is because the government structure of Satan does not stop with the world. It has extended and it has reached into many of the churches today. Why is that? Because they won't do it God's way. That's the significance of the high place. Spiritual wickedness, depravity in high places, unauthorized places of worship. Churches where God don't reside. And God says, I got a problem with that. He said, wiles. In verse 11, he said, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Let's talk about that for a minute. We did verse 12, but let's look at verse 11. The wiles of the devil, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Wiles means methods. So put on the whole armor of God that you'll be able to stand against the methods, the plans, the schemes of the devil. Devil means demon. So it ain't talking about just Satan. It's talking about all of them. So put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the methods of those fallen and unclean spirits. But keep in mind, devil doesn't just mean demon in this, but it also means slanderer. And remember, the adversary, the Bible teaches us, is the accuser of the brethren or a wicked person. Devil means demon. It means slander. So that's your unclean. That that's your that's that's your that's that's the fall other fallen angels. 
slanderer. That's Satan. Okay. Because he's an adversary and he's the accuser of the brethren. But notice what he said. But it also means wicked person. And remember, I told you the word of God said against spiritual wickedness in high places. And you can have wicked folks, not just in the world, not just in the government positions, not just in the day-to-day society positions, but you even got them in the church too. And he tells you very plainly, put on the whole armor of God that you will be able to stand against. That means you're going to be able to, you're going to be able to withstand. It means you're going to survive against the schemes of the devil. And it uses the word devil, but it encompasses all three players. That term there encompasses Satan. It encompasses unclean spirit and it encompasses the citizenship that is under the influence of the enemy. It encompasses the three tiers. Do you see that? I hope you do. So we learned that there is a three-tier structure. And within that structure, there is a government. And verse 12 of Ephesians chapter 6, 11 through, through 12, for we wrestle not against the flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of this darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And spiritual wickedness in high places really talks about dealing with the influence of the, the enemy in the church or in churches, so-called churches. That, that, that's wicked, the depravity. See, there's already depravity in everything else. In all in, principalities, powers, and rulers, already depravity there. But then he tells you there's some depravity in the high places and high places represented places of worship. And you need to make sure you understand that. Okay. This is the government structure. These terms, principalities, powers, and rulers, the, and, 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 uh, and high places. These represent the structure, the government structure that the enemy operates in. Now, when you talk about powers, because remember we said powers, that represents those people who are in the who are in authority, administrative authority or control over others. Now, remember, the, those represent the leaders of the world. OK, those are your world leaders, the ones that are influenced by the enemy. That's who they are. OK. Those world leaders who are influenced by the enemy, they are the powers. The rulers are the day-to-day society. That's your, your companies and everything else that you have out there. All the other structures and, and institutions in the world that are run by people who are not necessarily powers, but they, but they are in leadership positions or they, 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 they make up the way of the world.
they represent, like I said, the companies, the institutions, and the things that are run by people that are under the influence of the enemy. Now, obviously, if you are, if, 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 if the company or the business or whatever else it is, is run by somebody who is God fearing and follows the word of God, they're exempt from all that. This don't apply to them. But everybody else, it does. Because if you ain't doing it God's way, you're doing it the devil's way. There are, there, there's, there are no other options. There is no middle ground. Now, because powers represent those who are in those government leadership positions, so to speak, you need to understand this. These leadership positions are all over the place in all different countries. From your kings to your presidents to your governors to your whatever. And these individuals are influenced by the principalities or the unclean or fallen supernatural beings that are guiding the decision-making of the people, of the leaders, or of the third tier, which is fallen humanity. And because... Demons and Satan are not omnipresent, meaning, again, we talked about this before, they're not everywhere at the same time. These people are not all influenced by the same exact devil or unclean spirit. They are influenced by different spirits. And they all propagate the same message that comes from the chief of these unclean spirits, which is Satan himself. Therefore, as many government territories that you have in the natural, territories and jurisdictions from countries and within cities and all, and, and all these different things, for as many of those that you have, So too do you have the territories and jurisdiction of different unclean spirits. Behind every unclean leader is an unclean spirit. And that spirit that is influencing those lead, the leadership, that is their territory or their jurisdiction. And so the government structure of the devil or of his kingdom parallels the government structures in many ways that you have in the natural sense in today's society around the world. Now, to give you an understanding of this and to kind of bring that home, Look at Daniel chapter 10, 
verses 12 through 13. Daniel has been praying. Let me set the tone. And he needed an answer from God. Needed something from God. Well, God heard that prayer. And God sent an answer to his prayer. But God decided to send that answer through an angel. Through an angel of his. And watch what happens as God sends this angel to bring Daniel the word that he so desperately needed, the answer to the prayers that he so fervently prayed. Daniel chapter 10, verses 12 through 13 says this, then said he unto me, This is the angel talking to Daniel. He says, fear not, Daniel. For from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. In other words, let me make that point. He said, David, Daniel, I don't want you to be afraid. Don't be afraid. No need to be afraid right here. Because from the first day that you started praying, that you set your heart to understand God, when you called out to God the first time, I want you to know, Daniel, God heard you the first time. We get into a cycle where we're talking to God and we've been praying for to God about the same thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. You keep on sending up timber. You keep on being faithful. Brother, my sister, you keep right on praying. You keep right on going with everything you got to God. But I want to tell you something. If your heart is right, if you're doing what God has told you to do, I want you to know that from the very first prayer, God had already heard your voice. And so the angel's telling Daniel from the first time day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God. That means you wanted, you humbled yourself. You didn't just want to do, you didn't just want to seek God, but you wanted to live right before God. And many times there are some of us who don't get an answer from God. We're crying out to God. But the reason why you won't get no answer is because your lifestyle is out of sync. You cannot live any kind of way all the while asking God to bless you. He's not going to do it, family. He's not going to do it, friend. It's not going to happen. But Daniel wasn't like that. Daniel set his heart to understand, which means that he set his heart to pursue God. And, and to chasten himself before God. That means not only did he go after God, but he humbled himself. He went after God the way God wanted him to go after him, not the way Daniel came up with. Do you hear what I'm telling you? In other words, he didn't come to God by way of a high place. No, no, no. He came to, came to God by way of an authorized channel, the way God wants to do. And he said, thy words were heard. And I came for the word. He said, I was on my way. That's what the, the angel tell. I heard from the very first time. I want you to know, Daniel, that your words were heard, and it's because of your words that I'm on my way. But now watch this, because this we're gonna get some insight as to how at, concerning the government and how the enemy's kingdom is set up. 
He says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me. And remember, I told you princes are also, is also a title that is referred to that angels are referred by. Remember, Satan is called the prince of the power of the air. Angels are often referred to as princes. Now he says, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me one in 20 days, so 21 days. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, there we go, talking about Archangel, Michael. They're called princes, I told you that. Good and bad, they're referred to as princes. But lo, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. And I remained there. with the king of Persia. 14 says, now I am come to make thee understand what shall befall thy people in the latter days. And he goes on. That's the A portion of verse 14. He says, now I got the answer. I'm, I'm, I'm here now. But I want you to notice something. He says, from the first time that you called out, the first time that you put, you turn towards God and, and you're chasing yourself and all these things, he said, God heard your words the first time. And I was on my way. God sent a, 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 an answer for Daniel by way of a angel. But when the angel was on his way, he ran into trouble. When he talks about, but the prince of the, of the kingdom of Persia withstood me, he ran into trouble or a roadblock, so to speak, an enemy roadblock that was the fallen angel behind the kingdom of Persia. That's what, he's, that's what you're looking at here. He says, Daniel, I was on my way. But I, with your answer, but I got held up because I got into a fight. I got into a scrimmage. With the unclean Spirit behind the kingdom of Persia. See, angels are messengers, and God sends them throughout the world. And God gives dictation or order to angels, and they go where they send them, where he sends them. And when they are done with whatever it is that they're doing, it is God's prerogative to give them a new assignment. They are here among us working on behalf of God Almighty. And so God sent this angel who probably finished up another assignment. We don't know. But he sent this angel and this angel while on his way crossed into the territory or crossed through the territory that is the kingdom of Persia. That's the natural but behind the natural territory was a demonic jurisdiction. There was a prince or a fallen angel, 
behind or a principality, if you will, behind the natural principality that was the kingdom of Persia. And before Daniel could get his answer, the unclean spirit that was behind the throne, the kingdom of Persia, had to be dealt with. And that's where Michael came in. to put the hurt on that unclean spirit. Because when God send a message, brothers and sisters, it's gonna get through. When God determined to answer a prayer, let me tell you, it don't matter. Listen, those angels who bring, who may be, who, who bring the answers of the Lord God Almighty, he doesn't always send you angels, but sometimes he does. But should God decide to send you an answer by way of an angel, those angels must cross and go through spiritual territories or principalities, if you will, who are behind the powers. Do you hear what I'm saying? I hope you're getting in that. The principalities are behind the powers. The powers are the physical, natural governmental structures that Satan has control over. But behind these, these figures, are the principalities, the fallen angels that influenced them. And so when you go back to Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11 through 12, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Remember, the wiles of the devil. Wiles means method. The devil refers to either demons or the slanderer, the Satan himself, or the wicked people that the devil employs. And when you understand that, you understand That God, when he tells you to put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the method and schemes by which the kingdom of Satan operates. Because that's what you're fighting against. That's what believers are fighting against. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against, remember, principalities, Satan and the unclean spirits, fall, fallen angels, against powers. Those are today's governments of the world and its jurisdictions all the way down to, to the city level. Those that are influenced by the enemy against the rulers, that's all everyday society everywhere. Your businesses, your, your institutions, whatever you want to call it. The ones that are under the influence of the enemy. 
And not only that, but against the spiritual wickedness in high places. Not only are you fighting against that other stuff, but you also forget, you're fighting against the depravity that is in the church. So he says, you got to have the whole armor of God on. Because there are jurisdictions. When you move into from city to city, you have to understand because it's set up like this, then what this in effect means that as you move from city to city, this is why you got to always be praying. You got to stay prayerful. You got to stay on your knee because when you move from city to city in the natural, you also move in the spiritual in between the jurisdictions of the various principalities. And different principalities or different fallen angels are in control of different cities, different territories. This is why you've probably noticed you can go to some cities and one city will seem to be real big on this thing that's just totally perverse. And another one seems to be given to this and, a, and, it, and, and cities kind of almost, almost like they have their own theme, so to speak their own worldly kind of message, the, the thing that they're about or whatever else it is, that worldly thing that this is why, because there, are, because there are principalities that govern these locations. And they all perpetrate Satan's message and propaganda. But they all have their own agenda. And to tie all this together, you need to understand something. When you decide, going back to the top, because I've just given you an understanding of the way the enemy's kingdom is structured and organized. When you decide that you're going to step out of the hand of God, out of the hands of God. That means I'm not going to do it God's way. I'm going to do it my own way. When you step out of God's hand, you're going to land in the hand of the enemy. And this is how the enemy's kingdom is set up. And this is what you're going to land into. Satan's kingdom it's not here to help you. It's not here to help you achieve your best you and you to be the best version of you and you that know, know, and more know. Satan's kingdom is about tricking you into going to hell. That's the number one agenda. You want to know why? Because they go into hell. So their mentality is, let's take everybody else, as many as we can with us. 
don't become a notch on the devil's belt by way of disobedience. These unclean spirits are out there and they are the power behind the world powers that you know, be it national, worldly, or government, or, or, or local, doesn't matter. They are backed, those who are not on the Lord's side, they are backed by the power of the enemy. And most of them don't even know it. Do you really want to be a part of that kingdom? It's not going to last. It's not going to stand the test of time. Satan has already lost. He's already a defeated foe. Why on earth would we want to choose to be in league with him? No, live holy, live righteously, love God with everything. Turn away from your sins and turn to God and live. Obey the gospel. I already gave it to you, Acts 2 and 38. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. Turn from your wickedness. Turn from your own ideas. Turn from your own way. Turn to God. And live. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words, did he testify and exhort saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. That's Acts chapter two, verses 36 through 40. And that same message is here today. Because if you jump out of God's hands, you're going to land in the hand of the enemy. 
and we've gone over how his enemy operates and how his kingdom is organized and structured. We've even talked about who the players are. Spiritual and natural. We talked about the motives and the intent, their ability. We talked about all that. And I'm telling you like verse 40. And with many other words, did he testify and exhort saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. I'm telling you right now, get out while you can. Turn to Jesus, obey the scripture. Get out while you can. Because what the, set, the devil is offering is not even almost what you want. God bless you, brothers and sisters. I pray that this lesson, um, these lessons have been a blessing to you, that you will obey the scripture and that you'll share this with those that need it and help them understand how things are set up and how the enemy works. Um, and with this, you should have developed a good understanding of how um, the enemy's kingdom is set up and is organized, who you're actually fighting against, we are fighting against, but also whose hand you're going to be in if you decide that you don't want to do what God says. Because if you don't want to do what God says, you're going to do what, say, what Satan tells you to do. And the end result is you're going to get the same punishment that is reserved for him and his and his merry band of wicked angels. So you don't want that. I don't want that for you. And God certainly, most of all, does not want that for you. Obey the scriptures and live. God bless you. Until next time. Wow.